Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to encourage you to get the blue sheet out from uh, inside your worship guide. We will be looking at this in just a moment. In Hebrews 10, and you will recognize this as our verse of the year, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I will read you one verse from 1 Timothy 4 where it says, Until I come, devote yourself, verse 13, to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. This is the Word of the Lord. Let's bow together. Lord, we thank You for our time of worship up to this point. And now we ask that You would help us to focus on this vision that we believe You have given to us here at St. Andrews. That we have sought to derive from the Word that You revealed in Your Bible. And Lord, in this, will You glorify Yourself? Will You encourage us that these things will take place as You see fit and according to Your Spirit? And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that uh, were here last week, bear with me for just a moment so I can give a context. Uh, We know that during the summer there's a a lot of in and out, and uh, you who are visiting with us, if it's your first time, I want you to understand this is a little bit different than uh, typically what we would do as we're looking at our Vision 2017 statement. Um, Last week in presenting it, I pointed out that our buildings down at the end of the parking lot were going to be gone by this week. I said if they stayed together and uh, they were able to actually pull them out. And it was amazing. Wish you could have seen it. Uh, It all happened. And you see that they aren't there. That area will be cleaned up and uh, uh, so those are gone. But my my question that that I presented is, what if not only they were gone, but our whole church was gone? Not just the building, because yes, people would say, well, there's a big old empty lot right there on St. Andrews. But more importantly, our influence. Now, that is a question that I presented to our session last January when we began this process, the process of seeing what God has for us in the next five years and, and beyond. But we had to begin by looking at everything and saying, okay, if we weren't here, would anybody miss us? And then maybe even the deeper question is when unbelievers realized that St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church was no longer here, 
would they be happy? Or would they say, you know, I'm going to miss them for this reason or that reason? And so we've had that question in our mind as we have moved to uh, uh, look at our mission statement that we have had for some years now, helping people joyfully know Jesus Christ, love Him more, and serve Him better. Know, love, and serve. And we said, what's that going to look like? How will that be fleshed out? What will it look like in our ministries and our teams and in our community? And last week we looked at the first part of our, our vision statement, which you do not see before you. And we looked particularly at one of our major ministry areas, and that was outreach. We spent the whole time looking at that. Now, if you miss that, typically I don't plug my previous sermons and say, now you need to go listen to them, although I think that's probably a good idea. You should do that for continuity. And they're online, and we have uh, CDs of them if, uh, if you can't get online or uh, whatever. But in order to, to see the big picture of the vision, I would encourage you to listen to last week's and this week's, and eventually those will be edited together and we will uh, make use of that. But at the end of the service today, everyone will receive a pamphlet with the entire Vision 2017 on it. So uh, don't feel like you're going to be completely left out. You'll, you'll get it on your way out the door uh, today. And those will be around and uh, we'll be using those in a lot of different ways. So what I'm going to do is take us through the rest of this vision statement. I'll read a little bit and then comment on it. Uh, And once again, if you're visiting with us, next week we will be back in the book of Acts. That is our normal way. That is typically what what we do is we begin at the beginning of a book of the Bible and we work our way straight through that. And uh, next week... We will be in Acts chapter 4 um, in, that, in that great book. But we begin in this, once again, with a, a confession and our mission statement. The confession is this. We are not all that we will be. We are not yet all we desire to be, but by God's grace and with His strength, this is who we are attempting to become as His church. Our mission at St. Andrew's Presbyterian is to help people joyfully know Jesus Christ, love Him more, and serve Him better. And we spent a great deal of time last week looking at that statement. And uh, as I said, then we looked at outreach, and and now I want us to look at the the next two major ministry areas. And uh, the second one uh, after outreach is teaching. And it's not that uh, that's less important in any sense of the word, uh, these, all three major ministry areas are absolutely essential to who we are. But this is what we say about uh, our teaching. It will provide continuing opportunity for the people of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church to grow and mature in their understanding of God's Word and its application in our lives. Understanding and application. Our desires for every member to be a learner. That's another thing you will see over and over. Every member, 
every member a, a worshiper, every member a witness, every member a learner. And by the way, you notice we don't say every member a teacher. Every member a learner. And that includes our teachers. It's a lifelong process. I have often said that I think God puts the weakest one in the pulpit because I have to grapple with that Scripture text all week long. And you who teach Sunday school know exactly what I mean. That in all likelihood, you get more out of that lesson than anyone else because you're studying all kinds of things that pertain to it. And you've got to boil it down to those moments that you are there. And so all of us must see ourselves as, as learners. This will lead to an ever-deepening discipleship. Zeal without knowledge is useless, but so is knowledge without application. In other words, we, we want enthusiasm, we want zeal, but if, if you don't know what you're doing or talking about, then it's not of value to the kingdom. But it's not all about knowledge either. If we just have a whole bunch of knowledge and we don't do anything with it and it doesn't impact our lives, if there's no application in our lives, then that too can become useless. The more we know Him, the more we should love Him. That's our desire and purpose of educating in the things of God. Because of our commitment to pass the faith on to our St. Andrew's children, youth and children's ministries, such as youth groups, Sunday school, uh, Bible arts and music, uh, vacation Bible school, music and arts camp, and so on, will remain a high priority at St. Andrew's. <clears throat> now let me give you a big picture of what we are going to be doing this fall. Uh, if you need to understand in terms of, you, you see that I've just said that, that children and youth are a priority. Well, you go into the youth area, and we don't have to say, you know, if somebody from outside the church went into our youth area, they'd say, you really care about your youth, don't you? This is fantastic. This is a great area. Can't tell you how many, uh, should I say, older adults said, how young do you have to be to get in the youth group? Uh, it's a great, it's a great area. Wait till you see the children's area. That same message will be conveyed. That we care about excellence, we care about our children here. And so, we want you, if you're childbearing age, to have children. <laughs> That's biblical. That's not me talking. Have children, bring children, bring your children. That's essential. And you know what? That's the best time for them to learn and to get to know about the Lord when they are young. We don't give up on them when they become youth or college or adults. Absolutely not. But children are sponges. And they learn so much. And probably if you were in uh, Sunday school as a child, if you were blessed to be in a family that took you to Sunday school or church, there are probably uh, verses in your mind that you learned when you were a, a young child. 
You can't remember anything from school, but you can remember songs and verses. That's how important our, our children are. Now, in terms of uh, our, our adults this fall, we're going to have a discipleship night on Sunday night. And it's going to be right here. You won't be in rows. You know, these chairs will be dispersed where they, they belong. We'll be worshiping back in the sanctuary on Sunday morning. But we'll have, we'll have round tables up. And on Sunday night, our discipleship night, we're going to start out as a family in here with the children and youth and college and, and uh, adults all in this room and have some family time. And then there'll be instruction. In fact, we've broken it down. We'll start out with some inspiration, instruction, and then interaction. You'll be interacting with one another about what the instruction was, and then implications. What's this mean to me? So that every Sunday when you leave here, you will take something with you that will help you to grow to be more of a disciple. It won't be just, okay, I got me some more information tonight. If we're talking about time with the Lord, it will be, how, how do you have a quiet time? How do you study your Bible? How do, you, how do you memorize? How do you pray? Those kinds of things that will help you in a practical way. And, and while we're in here, the, the children will be discipled as, as well in their ministry. And the youth will begin with us and then they'll break off and, and be in their small groups for uh, the application and the interaction part. So that's, that's Sunday night. And then, of course, Sunday morning we have... Uh, uh, Sunday school and uh, worship service, and that's essential. And then Wednesday night, we're enhancing our children's uh, uh, music. If any of you were here for the children's musical, you see the great potential we have with that. And that will be the focus for children on Wednesday night. But for adults, we are going to take a full year, we're all going to be in one classroom. We'll, we're going to take a full year and go through the Gospel of John. We have a, a pool of teachers. We're blessed here with uh, some men that are uh, ordained and some others that are excellent teachers. We're going to have a pool of teachers. And they're going to take us through, including myself, the Gospel of John. I'm in that pool of teachers. And each week we will take a, a significant passage in the Gospel of John. And whether you don't know Christ yet, or you're new to, to Christianity, or you've been a Christian a long time, you will gain by encountering the teachings and the work of Jesus on Wednesday night. So you see this full-orbed view, and if you want maximum growth this next year, you'll take advantage of those. But it's up to you. If you don't need maximum growth in your spiritual life, will you answer the rest of the question? And that's the big picture of what it will look like this fall. And then our third major ministry area is worship. 
Worship is our opportunity to grow to know Jesus in a deeper way and to grow to love Him more. St. Andrews considers it to be of highest priority for those who would be disciples of Jesus. It's interesting how personal worship is. You know, you, you who've led worship, you, you know exactly how uh, this is. Worship is such a personal thing for people in terms of, of how they engage. And uh, one, of, one of the things that illustrated that to me so clearly in my previous church, uh, one Sunday I had somebody walk out and we had, I, I don't know what hymn we had sung at the end or whatever it was, but he said, wow, we sang that so fast, I could hardly say all the words. I said, oh, well, I'll pass that on. You know, that's passing, a, you know, and then who was I going to pass it on to? But anyway, I said, well, I'll pass that on. And, uh, and then somebody walked out a few minutes later and literally and said, boy, we were dragging our hymns today. really? <laughs> okay, well, I will pass that on. <laughs> That's what I mean by it being a very personal thing. Some like new music, some like old music, some like it louder, some like it softer. And you can hear the same thing on the, the same Sunday. And we're conscious of that. But the other thing we're conscious of is this. We are here to please the Father with our worship. That's our goal and that's our desire. Our vision statement says it's our desire to see every member be a worshiper, both corporately in our stated worship times and privately. And that was our verse of the year that I read earlier about not neglecting meeting together we desire to do all that is necessary to provide the opportunity of experiencing biblical worship from a spirit-filled and biblical perspective and that's what it is that's our guideline spirit-filled jesus talked about it being in spirit and truth and so our worship should be spirit-filled and according to the truth that he has reveal now listen to this part we believe that god has gifted his church in every age throughout history in order to reflect that view we will make use of our rich traditions in liturgy music and the arts further we will also use biblical and quality contemporary music <coughs> writings and arts and be open to creativity in worship that is in spirit and according to the truth now you look around our area, you can find churches with other kinds of worship. You will find some that are uh, completely contemporary. They don't sing anything that has been written longer than five, six years ago. And then there are others that don't sing anything that was written after the 16th century. And there are things in between. Look at what we've said here. We acknowledge both. We have chosen deliberately 
to be a blend of the old and the new. And some weeks will seem more like the old and some will seem more like the new. But here's why we do that. We have a big view of the way God works and of the church. Now let me explain. If we decided only to use old hymns and music and readings, the implication is that God quit gifting His church whatever year the, the, the newest one would be, whether it was He quit gifting His church in 1850 or 1950 or 1600, if we didn't use anything after that. We don't believe that. We believe He gifts His church all the way through. As long as He tarries be, until Jesus comes, He is going to give gifts and talents to His church. But the other side is this. If we use only the most contemporary, there's a danger of an arrogance that implies that those who've gone before us don't have anything to offer us. And that is arrogant. We don't say that in any other area of our life. We build on that which has come before us in every area of knowledge and study in our own experiences. And so, we do that in the church as well. We will use the old and the new that is in spirit and according to the truth. We will focus upon and make use of the ordinary means of grace, meaning the Word, the sacraments, and prayer. Our view of the centrality of the Word of God will include a focus on the exposition of Scripture. You know what? Even our architecture, I'm not sure I'd call this architecture, but you know in our sanctuary, the pulpit's in the middle. You know why? Because we see the exposition of the Word of God as central to our worship. It's not, we don't see it as, okay, we're going to worship followed by a message with half time in between. That's not how we look at it. It is all worship, but we have the pulpit in a prominent place. And we still have pulpits. You know, there's a lot of churches that got rid of their pulpits, and that's okay. But the reason being, when you walk in, that should communicate that we believe that the Word of God is important. We focus on what we call expository preaching. That means we take a text and we expound what's in there. We don't, we don't tell you what we think ought to be in there. We try to pull out what is in there. And one of the reasons I like starting at the beginning of the book and going to the end is I, it, it makes me more courageous than I would be because I will, I will hit on subjects that I probably would avoid otherwise. And sometimes I've come up to a passage and there's something so specific going on in our church that I would think, oh boy, that, you know, this is going to be hard to talk about. And yet, in, in, in faithfulness, the right thing to do is to go right through and talk about it because that's God's plan. And it forces us to encounter the whole counsel of God. And that's what we will continue to do.
We view worship as a dialogue. If you look at our worship service, you can see that. I won't go through the whole thing, but for instance, the call to worship. You might have said, well, you gave us the call to worship, but how's that a dialogue with God? Well, what was I reading? God's Word. God called us to worship, and then we respond by singing to Him. And then it's God's part, and we respond all the way through to the sermon where this is, you know, my only authority in preaching is when I'm consistent with the Word of God. And so we should leave here with the response of a song, and then the ultimate response is applying it to our lives. And so that's, that's how we look at worship. One more thing in terms of worship. Um, It does say our worship will also emphasize appropriately the other means of grace, namely baptism and the Lord's Supper and prayer. I don't want to minimize that, but but let me mention one other thing, and that is one element you must do and one you may do. In the Scripture, there's over 100 places the Bible refers to or tells us to sing. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, you know. And some of you say, well, I can't sing. It doesn't say sing if it sounds pretty. It doesn't say sing if you like to sing. For some reason, God says, this is how you glorify me, by singing. He likes to hear our singing. And I've heard it said, for those of you that are are tone deaf or whatever else, I've heard it said that He hears our heart not so much our voice okay and and i happen to believe that and don't worry that you're going to throw everybody off around you if you can't sing this is a matter of what he has told us to do that's an element of worship that we are to sing let me show you another element that that i get asked often enough about that I I wanted to to, uh, mention it. In Nehemiah 8, it says this. Ezra is uh, reading the Word of God. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it, all the people stood. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen lifting their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now, don't ask me how you can say amen and amen, lifting your hands and have your faces to the ground and all those things. That, don't worry about that detail. These are all things that they did. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to say amen or raise your hands. In fact, I've been in plenty of meetings where the person up front will say, okay, during the song, let's all raise our hands in praise. And you know, my little rebellious heart at that point tells my hands, you will not go up. (laughs) And I just won't when somebody says you have to, okay? We're not going to 
do that here either. Because I don't, I don't want to encourage your rebellious hearts. So we would not force that. And I'm not putting that in the same category as singing. But I am sometimes asked about it. Recently I got a <clears throat> very encouraging email about a worship service. And I'm not going <clears> to <throat> tell you who it was from, but I, I got permission to share the email and my response. Uh, the member's email said, Great music and sermon on Sunday. I wanted to clap and or say amen. Thanks. Signed, so-and-so. My response was, Thanks for your encouragement. By the way, if God prompts you to clap or say amen, and then I put it all in caps and bold, clap or say amen. You get the point? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> you get the point? I, I don't, you know, if, if you want to clap or say amen or raise your hands for any horizontal reason, don't bother. In other words, if you're saying, yeah, we need to loosen up. I'm going to get these people clapping. That's what I'm going to do. You know, or, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'll show them what worship is like. And, you know, if, don't, don't bother. You know, that's not real worship. But if God prompts you, you better do it. Now, I've heard, I've heard this phrase, not from anybody in this church. Well, you know, Presbyterians don't do that. <laughs> Let me tell you what good Presbyterians do. They try to listen to God and respond when He prompts them to obey Him. And so, if God prompts you in your heart to say amen if He prompts you to raise your hands to Him, not to anybody else or for Him, the Bible says those things are okay and those are legitimate worship. So it's okay at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church because we're not going to rule out what the Bible says is appropriate worship. Look at the last couple of paragraphs. By what means will St. Andrew's minister we will be empowered by the Holy Spirit, God alone. We will be motivated by His grace and our obedience will be equipped by God's holy word. As we go through the book of Acts, that's what we're going to see. I won't even elaborate on those. I think they're self-explanatory. But that's what we are relying upon, not our own strength. How specifically does this vision apply? The mission and objectives that are included in this vision statement we believe are based squarely on the Scripture. Over the years, therefore, we expect them to stay fairly constant. In other words, our, our major ministry areas, you know, outreach and, and worship and teaching, those are going to be there. Uh, those kinds of things will stay uh, constant with minor revisions. The application of Vision 2017 will change as we set, meet, and update goals, and as we adjust to the current needs and demands of the day in order to be most effective. Therefore, we do not fear, but rather expect and welcome change as God leads us by His Spirit. So what are we going to do with this? Well, when you leave today, I told you you're going to get a copy of Vision 2017. 
Um, why don't you sit down as a family, study it? No, you, 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 you just read it. I, you know, read it through when you have more time. But we want everybody to have that in their hands. It's going to do us little good to have a great document if all we do is throw it in a drawer somewhere. And if here we, you know, the leadership says, good, we got, we got that done. And then we don't think about it again until 2017. And we dust it off and say, you know, we should probably update our vision statement. It won't do us any good. And so here are some of the things that we plan to do with it. All new members, uh, it'll be a part of the inquirer's class. You know, when we say they, they come to find out about St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, they're going to be exposed to Vision 2017. This is who we are. This is where we're headed. Uh, we do have a, a new team or committee structure. In the past, we've had ministry teams and committees. They're all going to be called teams now, just for consistency's sake. Uh, there's nothing inherently wrong about uh, committees, um, but we're calling them teams. And here's, here's how we've restructured. Now, I don't expect you to remember this, but I, I want to introduce you to a couple of new teams. But uh, uh, we now will have a missions team. We used to have our world missions and our local outreach. Those are going to be combined. We think that's more biblical, and, and there's so much overlap with those. So we will have a, a missions team. We'll have adult ministries, and under that will be women's and men's ministries uh, as well. Uh, we'll have children's ministries, youth ministries. We've had these. And administrative services team. That's our personnel and administrative ministries, the budget, all those kinds of things that, that need to be done. Uh, and a building and grounds team and worship teams we uh, have had and we will have. Two new teams that we are putting together. Outreach and assimilation, and the focus will be on reaching out to our community and then once somebody comes in, helping them to discover their gifts and find their place of service. That's such a key. You know, we want everybody that... Uh, comes into the church and those who are already in the church to commit to at least one major ministry area that they are going to serve in. Every member ministry. Remember that? As we've talked about. And then a fellowship team. Now that team will be responsible for everything from our Wednesday night dinners to our uh, church picnic to... Um, you know, any, any big fellowship events that we have here, we've needed that a long time. And some of you, that's just your area of giftedness. And here's what I want you to do. If, if you feel, from any of these teams I've mentioned, if you feel a burden or calling in that area and you're interested in serving on this team, then shoot me an email or come speak to me. Not at the door today, but come speak to me and, and let me know. Because there's different levels of things. In other words, we'll have, for instance, a fellowship team where they will probably meet every month and, and plan out what's going on. And then we will have many people where fellowship is their area of ministry. And they, they'll say, you can call on me when you need me. I'm not going to be at the, on the fellowship leadership team, but uh, you can call on me and I, I will be there to help with... Uh, you know, the, the, the picnic or the Christmas dinner or what, whatever it is. So um, p- 
Pray about that and consider that. Now these teams will generate and present goals to the session that will move us towards Vision 2017. That's how it all works. They'll present these goals and the session then will say, yeah, that's what, that's what we need to be doing. Go after it. By God's grace, we'll do that. Now, one absolutely final caution. We must not trust in Vision 2017. We must not trust in our goals or our new team structure. If we trust in any of those things, our trust is misplaced. It's all about Jesus Christ. To know Him. To love Him more. And to serve Him better. He is the one who said, I will build my church That is where our trust must be. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You for leading us when we have asked You. When we said, what do You want us to be in the next 5 and 10 and 20 years here at St. Andrews? We believe You've led us to that. And now, Lord, we absolutely, completely Rely upon You to enable us to fulfill that. We won't get anywhere in our own strength. And so, Lord, our desire is to trust in You by Your grace. In Jesus' name, Amen.